It was about choices. I asked myself, am I going to be Miss Congeniality and get burned to cinders silently? Or am I going to survive and clear the deck by using epithets so I can live another month at a time? Which also raised the question that if I'm suicidal, supposedly, and want euthanasia, why am I trying to extend my life month to month? Well, the truth is, I built my life on solid accomplishments because I had hoped to start my own dynasty of do-gooders. But when I was ambushed by these fly-by-night operators who were still hammering away at me, I chose to call the United Nations and the EU because if I had to be put to sleep, I wouldn't want the fly-by-night operators of India to be the ones to do it. I would want that it be done on an international level with 180 nations watching. So it would be done in a way that we could ensure that it was done well about my supposed theft of their crummy goods. It's a lie. Either I sold my stuff or I bartered. I once had a suitcase so huge and with so many compartments that you could compartmentalize your life in it. But I did not have my own vehicle. It didn't fit in the back in the trunk of a taxi cab, didn't fit into a cab, period. It was a great suitcase, but I did not have a pickup truck that could house it. So when I asked to barter it, the person in question immediately knew it was a very good deal of something I bought, which was of value, but I didn't have the vehicle for it. Plus the jacket, vintage, etc. In return... What I had to get some value out of was basically junk in his home that you could use for a very short while before you garbaged it. And even his comforter had so much dust in it that you might have breathing problems given the leaky roof. Getting under the comforter without dissipating the dust was a circus feat. And so, when I asked to barter, this person acted like he was Gerald O'Hara in Gone with the Wind, where, remember when Scarlett O'Hara comes to her home after the Civil War and her dad's gone cuckoo and she's trying to talk to him about day-to-day problems and he's like not okay and she suddenly comes to the realization that she has to be head of household and make up make all the decisions because the dad's out for the count well this individual acted that way if i asked any question that's the only thing oh it's somewhere that just just find it or just just do whatever um 
Later on, the same person turned around and said I stole from him. Uh, this is a recurring theme from a certain section of Indian society where you come in with the best of intentions, they thwart you, they thwart you, you're short on time, and they say do whatever you have to, not this, that, um, and you find that they had staged the whole thing from start to finish. My conscience is clear, so help me God. Another point. The blacks and other ethnicities say that if they hit their women, then they cannot expect those women to give sex ever. Strangely, they have not utilized the same rules for white women such as myself under the same circumstances, which is really hard to stomach. Because the first thing that comes to mind is, this is an attack on my religious freedom and human rights. And there is no question that this is a blatant discrimination case. Now, moving on to other subject matters where many a deviant woman from India decides that if she beats on me, she can highlight and underscore all her life's disappointments when just using chalk and a blackboard or some flyers or bulletins, she could get her word across and very well because she knows to use the charm between her legs. Strangely, she doesn't want to do that. She doesn't have my merit, but she's just using some quickie tangent comparison to elevate herself by saying that she was one of thousands of my classmates, which doesn't mean a thing. Next, I'd like to tackle the subject of these hookers of India who say that they're trying to burn my skin and my body because when my case goes to trial, they don't want their male liars to have an erection. Excuse me? Just take a pill, the opposite of Viagra, because whatever you do to diminish my looks, these hookers of India will have to go down in their looks 125 levels below me. If this is religious persecution, let it be known that we're going to go by the numerical number. So whatever they're doing to me, all of that will have to be done to them until they're 125 levels below. And they can still be on camera after that. How's that for a system of checks and balances? I think I'm doing pretty good. And why am I vehement about this? Because if it took my popping a thousand plus conspiracies in order for them to even let me heal myself a little at a time in order to restore my looks, then what are the chances of other women in the coming decades and centuries for 
How would they ever get any kind of justice against a cutthroat hooker who says that it is for her country that she's beating on me and trying to uglify me? Now, which country would want such behavior where laser burns and ultrasound reverse polarity pounds away at a good soul. Which country would want this behavior to be their calling card? So why are these prostitutes not being taken to task? Every politician seems to be pointing fingers onto the other one. So somebody's got to take the blame for all this. Or are they wanting to take the blame after they've crushed my entire life out of me and made sure that any witnesses are bought off so they can still inherit my intellectual property and my Alfina Dolphina Institute and my stinking stench show? I think not. You would have to have merits to the degree to where your demerits have been accounted for and then you've built up on your merits. So don't try and hit me. Just take the opposite of Viagra if you feel that my looks might invoke some desire in you. And your women will face the same circumstance if they were party to it and I know they were.